Okay, tell everybody, we don't do this to make you look good. We're not in this to make you the next GQ cover magazine model. We're doing this for your overall health. There's a misconception that bariatric surgery is all about vanity. What's overlooked is how much extra weight can impact your health. Bariatric surgeon Dr. Candace Chipman says maintaining a healthy weight can help decrease the inflammatory state of your body, which is often the culprit of more serious issues. Diabetes, hypertension, stroke risk, increased cholesterol, cardiovascular issues. Yet millions of Americans are dealing with the consequences of unhealthy weight. Over 60% of the U.S. population is obese. About 30 plus percent of them are overweight. We're only doing surgery on about 1-2% to of the population. That just goes to show you how it still hasn't really caught on as an actual treatment. We still face a lot of barriers, even within the medical community, trying to convince medical physicians that this is something that they need to offer to their patients. It's getting better. We're still facing the challenges of unpacking the stigma associated with surgery for weight loss but people need to understand it is something that they need to take their health in hand. It's not just about looking good. This is the Health Nexus podcast, powered by Jefferson Health. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Now that Dr. Chipman has informed you of the reasons why a healthy weight is vital for a healthy life, we'll discuss ways that you can make healthy decisions throughout the year. Looking at the calendar, there is always an occasion to celebrate, and registered dietitian Alexandra Agasser notes that food can play a big part in that. If you do have these weight loss or health goals, becoming more aware of how many times you really do celebrate throughout the year. It's okay to go quote unquote off plan one or two days isn't going to make or break your long-term goals. So when you do have celebrations, being more mindful of what you're doing at each one. Agasser says there are two layers to pay attention to around your nutrition needs, setting yourself up for success versus solely relying on willpower and being mindful. With the first layer, we all have control over what we choose to eat but setting up your food environment can help you make better choices and succeed in sticking with it. For example, if I had a plate of Christmas cookies or Halloween candies on my desk all day, despite knowing what to eat, I would probably have multiple candies throughout the day because it's staring at me in the face. If anyone was going to a party, we recommend eating normally on that day. It's really common when people skip meals, they want to save up for that big meal. We actually recommend against that and eating normally, eating your breakfast, eating your lunch, because as we save up, we actually set ourselves up for failure. Our bodies are deprived. We have low blood sugar. It's really difficult to make healthy choices and then to eat slowly so you can stop when you're full. Another tip for setting up your food environment is if you're going to a party, bring a nourishing dish of your own. Maybe you get a salad and make it interesting. Add proteins, veggies, cheeses, nuts, seed, fruits or like a roasted Brussels sprouts dish so that yes, you can eat the other sides there, but you can fill up on the dish that you brought so that you have something there. She notes it is important to be aware of those liquid calories, alcohol especially, but also the flavor-filled coffees that have become so popular. They can have as much sugar or fat as some sodas. 
And then lastly, for setting up your food environment, having a support system of some sort, even if that's one person to help be your accountability. So not to be the food police to tell you to what to eat or to put that down, but just to have someone that you could talk to, or that could maybe they could bring a dish that you like, that's also nourishing, or they can just sit with you as you eat so you can be more mindful. A great segue into her second category of mindfulness, which involves slowing down your habits around eating, like filling up your plate and eating too quickly to make space for a thoughtful approach. Most people, it can be very habitual to just go down that table of food, get large portions of everything, filling up your plate and not really thinking about what you're putting on your plate. I recommend going down that table, taking a look what's on that table, getting a smaller or just a normal size plate filling up the things you really want to eat, choosing a couple items. You can fill up on your protein, you can fill up on your veggies, and then you can have room for those extra sides that you wouldn't normally have in moderation. The other thing would be eating slowly, chewing well, saving your eating time for when you're on the couch or at the table. So you socialize with your family, with your friends, and then you have a designated time to eat so that you're more likely to one, savor your food. So you're not just stuffing it down and then not really enjoying it. And then when you eat slower, when you're sitting down, it's easier to notice your fullness. When we're distracted or when we're grazing, we tend to eat a lot more than we would when we're mindful, sitting down, paying attention to our body's cue. Eating off plan or off how you normally will for one or two days isn't gonna make or break your overall plan and realizing that you can get right back on it the next day and start again fresh without skipping meals to help you stay regular. She knows some of this can be easier said than done, as there can be outside pressure from family or friends to try new things or have second helpings of their famous dish. We share and show love through food. We can't discredit that piece of the puzzle, but people that are really serious are really trying to change their eating habits. There are ways that you can go about doing that in a polite way. I had a lot of that and that was great. I don't really have room now, but thank you so much. Maybe later if I have room, I'll take a bite. So not necessarily being like, no, just politely declining. And then again, if you feel comfortable sharing your goals and your health goals with them so that they understand where you're coming from and they can at least have a little bit more empathy if you decline. A major culprit that Agasar addresses is grazing. Whether you're in an office with a break room filled with treats or at home with easy access to your kitchen, there can be temptation to eat as a distraction, not necessarily to satisfy hunger, or jumping to the easiest meal rather than the healthiest choice. Raising is eating small amounts of food throughout the day that can work against your goals. Again, setting yourself up in that food environment, packing your breakfast, packing your lunch. So you're prepared. So you don't feel like you you're so hungry that you're going to grab that piece of chocolate cake in the break room. from the Health Nexus, like how to manage your weight during holidays and celebrations, and how to make those long-lasting resolutions, visit thehealthnexus.org. Today's interview was conducted by Cassie Drum. Production support provided by Dan Bernstein. I'm Gianna DiMedio. Thanks for listening.